here, and then yeah. we'll, uh, just like, starting with North Carolina, right? Yep. All right. Go for it. Yeah. All right. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of CR Live. We are here at the Midtown Athletic Club in Chicago for the 2019 ITA National Indoors. It is quarterfinal day, so we have been... Tw- to three excellent front draw matches so far. I should say, despite there being a back draw consolation action as well, we are just going to stick to the main draw now. Joining me as he has all weekend long, college tennis ranks Chris Halioris. Chris, thank you as always and welcome back. Uh, I'm glad to be here as always, uh, Alex. That's, that's probably the most consistent part of our podcast is me <laughs> coming in with uh, Chris Halioris. Thank you very much. So it's, we, you know, we very much appreciate having you for this. But l- l- there's so much tennis, I don't even know where to start. I'm over. First of all, I'm exhausted. It has been a long day of tennis. As I mentioned on Twitter, I cracked one too many rackets last night myself, and so this whole day has felt like a recovery act, and yet the tennis has helped. It has given me the energy. It has given me the boost, especially early in the day, and I think why I am so tired right now. Early in the day, we had some thrilling action that really came down to the wire. Oh, absolutely. The I mean, the first two matches that we'll get into, four or three matches, and we finally maybe get a little bit of a reprieve here in the last one. But it's yeah, some great, great matches, as you expect them to get more and more competitive as we come down to the, the quarterfinals and tomorrow's semis. But, yeah, it's been great stuff today. And I'm just going to start real quick. I'll say the consolation scores. We know these matches did happen to other teams. Don't think we're neglecting you. It's just that there's so much tennis to talk about. We really want to stay focused and make sure these episodes aren't three hours long because Chris is sick of me by now. But let's start with our first match. We had Baylor, the number 10 seed, take on number 2 seed, Mississippi State, 4-1. Rough weekend for our Bulldogs. Uh, we, we can leave that there. Yeah, yeah. That's prob- probably enough said right there. <laughs> <laughs> right, I don't perfect. need to dwell there. And then our second consolation match, Columbia knocks off Notre Dame, 4-2. Columbia, scrappy, feisty team. I think this win, even if they do slip up maybe once in the Ivy Leagues, I think this win... Uh, that they have over Notre Dame really locks up. They should be hosting a regional come NCAA time. Absolutely. I mean, we're looking at the probably the you know the 16 folks, and you're going to throw in another five or six that are going to be competing to host, and, and a couple good wins out of them is going to really lock it up. Yeah, and, and they look good. They have depth. Victor Pham back in action today. I believe he got a win, and if not a win, still I'm sure they're happy to have him back on the court. I, I know he helped them take the doubles point. Uh, our last match, Tulane at I uh, got rocked by Stanford 4-0. We did say there were 15, here's te- 15 teams here of equal talent and Tulane, and that seems to have really borne itself out. Yeah, another rough one for them, 4-0, and it's, uh, I mean, I, I would expect more of the same at this point. Yeah, and the one we aren't going to talk about tonight, Florida-Illinois, which really could be a front-draw match, as we saw from last night. Both those matches, those teams were losers 4-3. So that's going to be incredible. And, of course, they're playing on the front courts as we're in Chicago. Illinois is the home team. They're going to send Texas and USC to the back six, which is kind of funny, kind of stupid, kind of a lot of things, but we don't really have to get into that now. Let's talk about the front-draw matches that have finished. I'm tired just from that intro. (laughs) Uh, All right. So, again... Here's the theme I, I would like to stick with for this podcast because I think it really has been the theme of this weekend altogether. Anyone can win any given match. It literally comes down to five or six points spread out over you know six courts, and it's so fascinating. You look for from here. I mean, from the get go, you we'll start with UNC TCU. That's a match. Obviously, UNC wins four three. UNC knew they needed the doubles point. 
and and they got it right away. And you know that little margin is what did it in the end. Yeah, you get that that one lead, and you know you've only got to get three singles matches. And TCU fought, and they came up big. You know they came up big again in the places that maybe you didn't think they were going to, which is down low. But that doubles point in the end, just too much to overcome. I mean. I think TCU, if you're looking at what's the difference between them and the other top teams that made it to the quarterfinals, one, I I just think the biggest thing, they don't have doubles teams yet. They don't know exactly what they want to do in doubles. And you look at it, you know, UNC gets a 6-2 win at one. They get a 6-2 win at two. They're still playing around with their doubles lineup, but they looked so much more comfortable. They also are up 5-3, love 30, about to break for that third set at three. I mean, just a comprehensive, dominant performance from UNC in doubles. Uh, we'll get into all of the crazy singles action, but what do you think of, you know, Cernok, Seguin at one, Blumberg, Boyden at two? I, I, they seem to have found, at least if that's not the right positioning, which that's what I'm hinting at here, they seem to have found pairings that are working. Yeah, well, as you alluded to yesterday, playing Will Blumberg at two doubles <laughs> is ridiculous. I mean, I don't care who you put them with. They're going to be good. So do they stay at two doubles? Maybe. If you keep winning at one with Cernok and Seguin? How do you move them? But uh, but I think that the pairings there, as long as they they keep they keep playing well at one, though the 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 liberty of being able to play Will Blumberg at two doubles is I mean it's tremendous, and I don't know how it's gonna they're gonna be a tough doubles point if that's the case. It was funny because in the UCLA Wake Forest match, I think there was a controversy. Uh, Keegan Smith obviously out, and we'll get into that match in a little bit. But they wanted to play Cressy at three doubles, and immediately there's a protest, and it was no, 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 no. no can't do that. I will be shocked if come May someone doesn't say, no, 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 we're not playing Will Blumberg at two doubles. We're not doing that. Well, the only, I'll, I'll say this, the only way you're going to do that. Lineup expert, Chris Halioris. Yeah. <laughs> if, if they continue to play Cernok and Seguin at one and they win in the ACC, beating the caliber of teams in the ACC, they've justified the ability to play at one and there's nothing you can do to challenge that. I mean... Look, you are the authority on lineup. So if you're saying that, I'll believe you. I just, I just can't see it. I just, we agree. We we can move on from that point. But let's talk about this singles match because you know there were, th- it really went in waves. You had TCU taking quick decisions at six and four singles. And again, we talked coming into this week. We thought four through six was going to be the places TCU struggles. They get two more wins down at the bottom of the lineup. Sander Jong, and then they get a win out of Kruger at four. But in particular, we've talked throughout the day, Jong has just come out of nowhere and played such good tennis inside. Yeah, I mean, today was 2-1 and one or 1-2, one and two, whatever it was, over Matt Kiger. Just unbelievable out of him when in the fall he, he, he wasn't showing that. And he comes out yesterday. He, he has a comfortable win uh, against Mississippi State today, another comfortable win over North Carolina. And uh, and he's on, he's on fire. And I watched him play the I mean. The kid looks incredible, and and I don't, you know, it, if they get that, if they get that from four and six, uh, that team is going to be scary good. Uh, I mean, any you've got Rybakov obviously at one, who's going to be a rare loss, uh, and then uh, and then you get that from four and six. They still, they still are, as we point out, they've got to figure the doubles out. They don't have a good doubles scheme yet. Uh, they're struggling to win doubles points, so th- they're going to have to find that. But even with that. They've got the ability to win four singles matches. Again, I just think this proves when a team like TCU, who we thought for sure they're going to struggle, we don't think their UTRs are that high comparatively to the other teams, and yet they come out and get wins at four and six in two matches in a row, and it's just 
again, the parity in college tennis this year. Anyone can win any given match. It simply comes down to, did you get the deuce points that day? Were you overruled that day? Did you get away with a call or two that day? And can you win the doubles point? These are going to be the biggest things we see because everyone is so close. And you look throughout the way uh, this match transpired. You know, UNC gets a quick win at two singles from Seguin. Plays much better today than he did yesterday against Baylor. Takes out a, a good Alistair Gray, 6-2, 6-2. And then the fun started, right? Now we get into the 3-3 set matches, and you've got Blumberg versus Rybakov. Blumberg was up a set and a break there. You had Boyden, who lost the first set versus Bamba. But if you were watching that match, it seemed like any time Bamba, uh, Bamba, and Bamba, and uh, Bamba, <laughs> I'm uh, mixing it all up together. Anytime you can get Bo Boyden, or anytime you can get Luke Bamba in a point, you know, get the point back to neutral after he hits his serve. I thought Boyden was the favorite. He's also often going to be the favorite by UTR in every match he plays at five singles. So I had, I had confident they were going to get a point there for UNC. But then it really was, where am I going to find our fourth point? And for Blumberg, he's up a set and a break. You have Josh Peck. I believe he was up a set and a break as well at three. Him and Reese Stalder battling back and forth. We'll get into the controversy over the call on that court in a second. Uh, but... Man, like, I mean, I, I'm repeating myself, but the tennis has just been—it's been incredible. It's been great, and I and I can only imagine because obviously I wasn't—I uh, I didn't get to see a ton of that match. But given the man crush you have on Restalder's game, <laughs> it had to be painful to see it come down to that court and Josh Peck just kind of six-one in the third. I think, if I recall, well, I don't, so I don't here's recall. what happened: it's one-two, Deuce. Uh, I think this was the point. Am I? I might be wrong in. Tennis Twitter people, I'm sure you'll come out and correct me. I'm looking at you, Jonathan Kelly. I don't think I've ever made a mistake that you haven't corrected. Uh, but 1-2, deuce point, Stalder hits a bomb down the tee. And it looks as though Peck had goes to call it out and then had changed his call. But the line judge did not see him change his call. Uh, when Stalder goes to protest, he says, no, he called it out, and it was out. And Stalder said, no, 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 he changed his call. It's my point. They go back and forth for a while. Roditi was livid at the line judge at that point. And then it, w- w- what ends up happening, you can't do anything. So he second serve for Stalder, double fault. Peck gets the break, and at that point, he just starts cruising. H- his ability to execute, I think we talked about this, at least for OSU Virginia, the contrast in style. OSU, big hitters, Virginia were more about uh, grinding it out. I think we saw from UNC at one, at two, at three, these guys hit through the court. They're aggressive. They play to win. They, they know their plays, and... I'm feeling very confident about my sleeper UNC pick. Could definitely win the title here this weekend. Yeah, and, and Peck, Peck looked good. Peck's got a, he's got a game for indoors. Big kid. Hits the ball hard. The hits forehand. Th- I mean. The way some of these college kids turn into their forehand, I'm so freaking jealous. Like, I just, like, just once. Just let me hit one of those J.J. Wolf forehands. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, give me his quads, too. I'd like to fill out shorts the way he fills out his shorts. Uh, yeah, it's just... It, it's, it's been really good. Time. I don't know. Any final thoughts on this UNC-TCU match? Uh, just, I mean, I think the, the showing that TCU made to, to make that such a tight 4-3 match is very promising for them. Uh, and let's, let's not forget, they are still missing a guy that they, I believe they still expect to get back that this year, uh, an fr- incoming freshman in Juan Martin, who is probably 
a four, if not a five, depending on how well Kruger's playing. So when you slide another high-quality player in that lineup, and as well as Jong is playing at six now, uh, I mean, they're just going to be that much better. And it'll actually give Rodidi a choice. He really doesn't have a whole lot of choice. He's got six guys right now, plus Eduardo rolled on. You add one more. Uh, they're just they're going to get better. They will get better as the year goes on. I came into this weekend thinking, oh, I'm going to get to see all these teams. I'll finally know what I'm talking about. I'll know who looks good, who maybe isn't as good as they look on paper, and I haven't learned a thing. <laughs> I have no idea who's going to do what, when, and where. Uh, but I do know that tomorrow UNC has made the semifinals, and they will match up with our defending champions, Wake Forest, who knock out a Keegan Smithless UCLA team 4-3, Wake Forest in this match, they lose the doubles points, and I believe they ended up losing three first sets as well, and still, they're able to claw... Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm incorrect, I apologize. They won four first sets in singles, and then they end up uh, getting a split at four, but the point is, only one three-set match in this one. That Wake Forest was able to survive was was really a miracle on their part. I mean, you, you can't tell me, Keegan Smith's in the lineup here, things could look a little different. For sure, they could look different, and I think the shocker here was, and and UCLA's got to be just scratching their heads over the one, the match you talked about that went three sets, Salakian had a 4-1 double break lead in the third on Nastathiu, and... You know, blew it. Like, and, I hate to be rude, but he really and, did blow it. Yeah, I mean, it's I, as I was tweeting during the match that I mean, for so the, good to quote your own tweets <laughs> for a period of time there, that forehand for for Slocking just broke down. If every low forehand ball he got was into the net, and it was a rough, it was a rough, rough go for a period. He got it back, was able to hold uh, when he needed to down three match points to get to five all, uh, but then uh, you know come to the end and. It, and and he just couldn't do it. And it's it's just fascinating. You look big picture for Wake Forest. They cannot win a doubles point this year. They're really really struggling. They they just don't know. The, I mean, they beat Columbia yesterday. What am I saying? But they still have yet to find the exact combos that work for Botzer and Petros. And this is the only time I will ever say something even remotely negative about Petros. For them to not get a win at one doubles when you're playing Cressy and not Keegan Smith, but Connor Rapp, who's filling in, that's unacceptable. That's the type of thing, if you want to be the national champions come May, you have to take that doubles point when you have an opportunity like that. Now, to Wake's credit, and, and Petros in particular, and Barr, because both of them win their matches in straight sets, I mean, Petros is a man amongst boys out there. He is the professional. He, he is the most professional player I have seen this weekend in that he knows exactly what he wants to do. You know, he's playing Nanda, a guy who won a Futures title not that long ago, but a freshman. And you can just see in Petra's eyes, he goes, this guy physically can't hang with me. There's nothing he can do to hurt me. I'm the best player in college tennis. Now let me go prove it. Of course, he's playing two singles, and that's a discussion we can get into on another time. But he is just so good. And I, you know, I'm going to slap you for the things like the leadership, the way he cheered on uh, the Wake Forest four singles player at the end. He was the one who was coaching him, not not really any of the Wake Forest coaches. He's the one, you know, pumping him up, telling him, stay calm, stay focused. You know, you got to just move on, go to the next point. And I keep bringing – you know, I've repeated myself all weekend. I only have like three original thoughts, and I just kind of recycle through them all the time. But Petros Risokos, Bornegojo, Henrik Wiersholm, Carl Soderlund. Those are the players with national championship experience. They have played in a final. And you can tell the difference between those guys and everyone else. 
I, I agree, but I'll, so let's let's stick to Wake here as we're talking to the Wake match. And I'll, <laughs> Henrik and, <I'll>, and Soderlund. <laughs> yeah, and not your man crush UVA. So so let's go back with Wake Forest. So so Wake fans, do, do not despair. Gruskin doesn't want doesn't like your doubles. But I'm going to say this. First of all, first of all, Risojos and Botzer will be fine. They'll be a good doubles team. I'll I'm going to say this. Wake, go look at the Wake roster. Someone's coming back. He's going to play doubles at some point. Are you sure Dempster's coming so, back? He's on the roster now, Yeah. So, which he was not before. Oh, so so I'm not going to say that I have 100% knowledge of anything. All I'm going to say is he didn't show on the roster before. If you go to the school page and look at the roster now, he's there. We'll text I, Parsa. I know, yeah, the I know they were looking for that sixth-year eligibility, so, so I think Dempster's back. He will make the doubles teams sixth year. that much <laughs> That much better. Yeah. Uh, they'll they'll be fine in doubles. I, for, if it if it's me, I'm still more worried about trying to figure out you know four five six. I think I think they figured out four, but the f- whole five six scenario. No, you know. they play Kungu and Solomon today. They sit Zablinski. Uh, I'm sorry if I butchered that, that last name. They sit Godjev. They're definitely still playing around with combinations, and we talked about it uh, about Coach Peter Smith when we were talking about USC earlier. The fact that Bresky can turn to a different five and six tomorrow, guys who may be a little bit less tired, if he wants to pull his four singles, who just has to be drained. He went three sets yesterday, I think, in the Columbia match. Now he goes three sets again today. He has that sort of option. But on the flip side of this for UCLA, and, you know, you walk around these things, you hear a lot of interesting takes, and some of the takes about UCLA is that, oh, it's a down year for them, you know, especially no Keegan Smith, uh, no Connor Hans, both those players now with severe ankle injuries. And yet they, I mean, they're what? They're three points away from winning this match? Yeah, it's, I mean, that's just how close the, the matches are between these guys. And I think that's with, with Keegan Smith back, that's, you know, hopefully it's, it's not serious. He's walking around in a boot, but, you know, that I'm hope. It was a rolled ankle, probably preventative. I'm sure a little rest, and, and he'll be good to go. Hans, Hans is, is out for a while. That was a broken ankle. Now, Keegan Smith just rolled it. All right, but the way he's been – moping's the wrong word because it's not the connotation I'm looking for, but the way he's just been dragging that boot around this facility. I mean, he would walk across the bleachers, and everyone's like, who is this behemoth who's like a little limping legend? And you're just like, oh, it's Keegan Smith. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, it's really interesting to me. We'll do one more thing before we move on to Ohio State, Virginia. Tomorrow it's going to be ACC battle, Wake Forest versus UNC. It's funny, I'm sure if you asked any uh, a lot of people before that, they would have said, oh, it's a conference semifinal. Florida must be playing Mississippi State. Now that is not the case, and that was a little shot at you. I'm sorry, I had to do it. Um, but just going into this match, these are two teams with a lot of returning players. You know, we've seen these faces before, at least the superstars, the Blumbergs, Frisokos, Gojos, Boydens. The other thing being, they have all seen each other before. This has got to be their... Maybe their first match of the year, but the first of four, potentially, if you include ACC finals, conference play, NCAAs, all of these things. What do you think the difference is between these two teams, and who, who do you expect to come out of that match on top? Well, the first question is, does Goyo play doubles tomorrow? So they lose the doubles point today, and he's in the singles lineup, but he didn't play doubles. I'm, is he a good doubles player? I'm not Are sure. Are sure about that? Look, he's an incredible talent, uh, the tennis talent, I agree. But given the options they have, if you're saying you can return Borna Gojo or Ian Dempster, I'm taking Dempster in doubles. 
But what if you put them together? Or what? If, <laughs> I mean, do, I mean, like Goyo and, and Gadjev together that we're playing. I mean, sure. how? I, I mean, I think, I think tomorrow we we see them. I mean, we, in comparison to what else, who else they have to play, I I think we see them, and I and I think we see a great a great match. Um, I, I'm kind of leaning just. Before today, I would have definitely said because of the strength down low, North Carolina. But North Carolina got, I mean, I don't know if I want to say exposed, but they were, <laughs> they were made to look potentially as not, not as strong as we might have thought they were. So I'll still take the heels because of the strength that I, I believe they've got down low, but it'll be a close one. Oh, I like Petrus too much to make a pick in this match, like, non-partisanly. Uh, but, I mean, four through six, yes, they lost at four and six today. But four through six, at least UNC knows who they want to play. Wake Forest is making up combinations as they go along. And I think at this stage of a tournament, certainty is valued almost more than, you know, as much, if not more than any other trait. You want to know what you're doing with your lineups. You want to know, I have... Like, you look today, Hunter Tuber playing six singles for Ohio State. He gets a win, and this will be the way we transition. You know, Martin Joyce playing four singles. Because they have their senior anchors at the bottom of the lineup, that means so much to them. I think for UNC to have Boyden at five, uh, for them, you know, Kiger at six. Kiger hasn't played a ton of tennis, but still, that's a sophomore. All their guys in the lineup have experience in moments like this, except for Cernock and Peck, of course. Uh, except for a third of the lineup. I like how you throw that in there. They all have experience except for a third of the lineup. Three all. It's going to come down to Blumberg Gojo. And I, I think Blumberg's just playing a little bit better. I think quietly, Borna Gojo has just, he hasn't played very well this weekend. I think, did he lose to Columbia yesterday? Versus, he didn't lose, but I think they had just split sets, maybe. Who's that? Uh, Gojo yesterday. He didn't play yesterday. To Lynn. Oh, you're right. He didn't even play yesterday. That's, that's, right. that's why it was so such a forgettable yeah. performance. <laughs> yeah. uh, but today, and I, you know, I just didn't think he played that well in Cleveland. I didn't think he played that well at the Dallas Challenger as well. Give me the heels, 4-3. I'm going to stick. No, no, no. I'm going to be different than you. Give me Wake Forest, 4-3. Petros, that pick was right. literally for you. So I hope you, I hope you get to see this. Um, let's talk about our last match real quick. Ohio State, UVA. These are two you know, pillars of college tennis, two blue bloods. These are the programs. I'm not saying uh, – Sorry, I'm let me excuse the yawn. Hold on. I'm a Michigan uh, fan, and you're going to accuse me of Ohio State <laughs> slappiness. That's ridiculous. But you, you look at this match. It's a match. Ohio State wins 4-0, but it's – like any 4-0 in this stage of the tournament, it's way closer than that if you actually look at the scoreboard. Uh, doubles comes down to uh, the number one position where Joyce and Wolf, after getting broken, I think up 4-3, 4 all break back right again, then serve it out. Joyce ends the doubles point with a second serve ace. And if I was to put any little moment and say that's a, the perfect synopsis of the match, I would say it was that. Uh, Ohio State, as you've been preaching to me all week, they're an indoor team. They know how to play aggressive inside, and it certainly looked like that. Absolutely. And I think the, and, and the, only, the only other shocking thing to me there that had to do with on that last point was, and I know nothing about Will Woodall. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say that to begin with. But when you've got Carl Soderlin on the team, you get a deuce point. And Soderlin doesn't take the serve. I that that surprised me. I don't, you know, 
may, even, may have been the best, may have been the right decision, but I was still, I was shocked to see that Woodall took the, the serve, and then, you know, nothing you can do about that second no. serve. Joyce, second serve ace, I mean, couldn't get to it. It's not, as you mentioned, nothing against Woodall, but Sterling's a junior. He's one of those guys who's been in this moment before. You expect him to be like, I'm taking this return. I don't even care what you say. Like, I'm taking it. And exactly. That's what I would do to Rothman. I'd be like, it's funny, Max. Like, go away. Um, and argue that but still yeah I, I just think ohio state at the bottom of the lineup they executed that much better and for me i'm going to quote one of your tweets you really mentioned the contrast in style was clear uva a little more ready for outdoor tennis you know they were they're a little bit i don't they play a little bit more defensively would probably be the way of saying those those guys aren't afraid to be six steps behind the baseline and i finally got to see henrik weir's home play in person a college match Boy, was he impressive. His footwork, that guy is quick as hell. I mean, so quick. Quick as a cat. We saw him get to a couple short balls, and not just get to the short balls, get to the ball, and then put something on it from inside the service line below his knee. Yeah, and and putting the putting the ball away for a winner. They're they're great. And like you said, they play more defensively, and it's not the kind of defensive that's, hey, I'm just going to put all the balls back and make you make an error. It's the, I wait for the right time, and when it comes, I jump on it, and then it's that's like, my point. I'm moving you outer third, outer third, outer third, taking this ball early down the line, and now you're in trouble. And it's yeah. just that indoors, it's just that, as we've said, it only takes a couple points here or there to make the match, and it's just the, it's just that couple points that it's that much harder to get to wait and bide your time for that indoors that Ohio State took advantage. But like you said, the had Wolf, they, they go, Ohio State goes up 3-0, But the remaining four matches, Virginia had won the first set in two of them, and the two that they had lost the first set in, they were up a break in the second. So things are still looking like, hey, it can happen here. And then the worst of all worst for Virginia is Wolf gets the break back and holds, and all of a sudden he gets to try to break for the match. Well, it's even funnier because, first of all, I I know I lauded Henrik Weir's home. I didn't mean to diss John McNally. John played so well in that first set tiebreaker, really put the pressure on Henrik, wasn't afraid to step up, move forward, come to the net, wasn't intimidated by Weir's home speed, and I think that, you know, McNally's progression throughout the year is going to be a really important thing for Ohio State because so many of these schools have such a strong top twos, top threes, Uh, but still, you, you look at it, Wolf in that match for Soderlin, I think goes up 3-0, a break in that second set, gets broken back for 3-all, uh, you know, 4-3, 4-all, 5-4, maybe it was 5-3, or I, I don't remember the exact, again, my brain is scrambled with tennis numbers, um, but still, J.J. Wolf indoors, I mean, the forehand is elite, it's got that elite pop, it's a different sound than you hear coming off of the ball from 99.9% of the players at this event. There's no doubt. And yet in the second there, Soderlund Soderlin went up 4-3, went up a break 4-3. Wolf got it right back to get to 4-all, which was had to be disheartening. And then, uh, and then Wolf holds for 5-4, has the chance to break and does. But back to your point on the we talked about Wiersholm, McNally. McNally hit such a heavy ball. And, and as I was noting during the match, it, it seemed like it was a battle of either McNally's heavy ball was going to win the point early or or Wiersholm was going to have to just keep getting it back, getting it back, getting it back, putting it, and, and he got it back, not just getting it back, but, but transitioning even to his own. But... But he was going to have to do something with it, or McNally had to hit the ball into the net or long, just trying to hit that heavy ball at him. And it was, I mean, 
very, very close. Obviously, they went to a breaker in the first. McNally pulls it out, but a tight match that was great tennis and fun to watch. Yeah, and if you hear noise in the background, we apologize. Illinois, te- uh, Illinois, Texas, that was last night. Texas, USC, Illinois, Florida, about to get underway, so they're just making announcements for that. But, you know, we talked already about the success Joyce had at the bottom of the lineup. We talked about Tubert having success at the bottom of the lineup. I'll also say Alex Cobelt indoors, great choice for Coach Tucker at number five. I will also add one thing we talked about on the Lost Pod that we mentioned, James Trotter and how important it is for him, um, how he's the guy who kind of stands out as the who is this guy at the end. And uh, it's just it was, it was amazing to watch because, you know, that's the, the doubles position they lose 6-1. UVA takes that, and boy were the Ohio State coaches on Trotter throughout that match. I'm not going to say who or what, and I'm not going to infer anything, but – one of the coaches goes, are you going to make a volley this match? Like, what are we thinking here? Like, are you move forward. Don't be afraid to get hit. And it was just, I feel like mentally they're just beating on him, and he's got to be feeling that too, knowing, oh, all these guys think I'm not prepared for this position. Now I've got to, you know, and some you can be like, oh, let me go show them. No, I think it's the opposite in this case. I think they're asking so much of him, and it's just, I, you're looking for weaknesses in the number one team in the country. It's the two, the two doubles position, I guess, is their weakness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'll get you a third of a point that doesn't count as a point. So, I'm um, sorry, you're out of luck. Yeah, exactly. Well, then, you know, we, we can end on this thought. For Virginia, we'll look at it from their perspective. Weir's home at two, Nakashima at three. I kind of like that alignment because Nakashima is special. His forehand is special. Oh, I, I like it for for Virginia's sake as well. I mean, Nakashima is going to be a heavy favorite at three against anybody you'd like to say challenge it, but the way we're watching, the way that we're watching Weir's home play, you can't, you can't say, no, that's not legit. I mean, it's going to, Soderlund, Soderlund's been sweet too. He's going to have, yeah. The only way you can challenge that is if, you know, let's say they get into ACC play, Weirsholm starts losing, and he loses two or three matches in a row, and Nakashima's winning three, two or three matches in a row, then the coaches have a legit argument. But if that doesn't happen, no chance. It's, it's, a, it's a good lineup, and I, re- and I think it's a, it's a great lineup for Virginia uh, from a standpoint of how to win the match. And, and, you know, last thought here, I promise, but winners, because I see Westoff getting angry at me in the back. Although Westoff, I'm saying this to you and to our podcast listeners, it's only been a 30-minute episode. You guys are used to way worse than that, so get that smirk off your face. Uh, In fact, we're going to do six more questions. No, I'm just kidding. Um, You you look at it for Ohio State, again, they play the winner of USC or Texas tomorrow. Regardless of who wins that match tonight, do you see them as the favorite in the semifinal? No doubt. There's no way they're not going to. They're going to be the favorite in every match they play indoors. This is the inner Michigan guy in me, but get over it. Like, they're exceptional. Joyce at four. Are we ta- I even posed the hypothetical to you during the match. Would you rather have Joyce or Cressy indoors right now playing for you? Because both the guys, their way they're moving forward, chipping returns, just charging that, using all their 6'6 limbs to just be on top of everything. It's really impressive, and Hunter Tubert's one of my favorite players. I love a senior that's three doubles, six singles, captain, you know, heart and spirit of the team. That's my type of player. The McCain-Kessler for me, I guess you could say. But, like, I guess we are indoors, but, like, you're telling me Martin Joyce has, you know, more skills than your average four singles player. I'm sorry. He does the things he does well. He does particularly well, but he doesn't have, you know, these guys aren't crazy. 
No, they're not crazy. You're, but you're going to have to try to expose something that is True. that's that he's not maybe so good at. at that, but in the indoor game, now I'll tell you, the Seymour's going to be all if, over Wolf. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you want to, if you want to see a really fun match. Uh, a fun indoor match, then maybe what you're rooting for is you're rooting for USC to beat Texas. I've said I think Texas wins the match. But let's say USC wins that match and they pull Jade again at three, you get Riley Smith at four. So now we've got Riley Smith, a big hitter. You've got Martin Joyce, a big hitter. Both guys like that like to play and get in. That would be a heck of a match. And we and who knows, maybe we get to see it. No, it's it, I mean we saw Ohio State. I don't remember what the lineup was for that um, when they played last week, but I think playing Cobalt at five in lieu of Siebert, I really think that's been working for the Buckeyes. So I'm totally fine with that. If the, you know, if this is the lineup they stick with tomorrow, because both teams could make changes. It just depends. If USC or Texas go, you know, four three again tonight, which would be very expected given that the, how close the teams are in level. I just don't know if they're going to have enough gas left to play against an Ohio State team that has not dropped a point yet this tournament. You know, they've been on the court, off the court, two hours. Last night they got an additional practice in. Would it shock you if Ty Tucker's here again tonight as well? No. I, th- I, I think that to me is the thing. Ohio State is relatively fresh while the rest of these teams have been battle-tested. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how much stock, I, as we said earlier, I put in that given – these guys are all in great shape. Yeah, now you it's can, day three. You you can get you can get a little tired, sure. Look but at I mean, me. but I'm they're, they're playing one singles match, and half of these guys are used to playing tournaments where you're playing two singles matches and two doubles matches <laughs> yeah, in a day, right? In in in, in, in ninety five degree yeah, we- yeah, weather yeah. or or worse, right? And eighty percent humidity of Florida. So no, I uh, I don't think that I don't think that'll play too big a deal unless the guys were already banged up to begin with. But you know. Ohio State to me is going to be the favorite, whether whether they had gone four three every match or not. Uh, but obviously they're not, and that's why they're the favorite. Yeah, well, then we'll end here. Give me your performer of the day, singles or doubles. I tell you, I was I was very impressed. I don't know what yet to make of of, Goy, of Goyo. No, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's nice. That was a great match. But no, I I think watching Cressy play. I mean, it was a losing effort for them. Um, but you just had that sense that it, he was just he was going to find the way, you know, just like with those really good players. And he's really good in indoors for sure. He's good outdoors, but he's a, he's a, he's a spectacular indoors. That he was going to find the way, even when he gets broken and the and the match gets tight. He's he's going to find the way, and he did. And I th- I mean that was that was very impressive. I will say, I'll give a. An honorable mention here to Stathew at four sure. for for Wake Forest. I mean, double breakdown, 4-1 in the third. I thought they were done, and he did not give up. He kept going, and he got the win for Wake that put them into the semifinal. Uh, for me, my performer of the day, and I agree with everything you said, honorable mention to J.J. Wolf, who's just spectacular right now. Henrik at Weirsholm was amazing. His, you know, he's down a set and up four-one in the second, but still, just his footwork—it stood out as one of the things you're just like, "Wow, this is exceptional." But for me, I'm going to go with my guy Petros. I just thought the way he's 
carried himself this entire weekend. He came on a mission, and when we did our podcast with him back in June after he won the NCAAs, he said, look, of course I'm coming back for my senior year. There's nothing I enjoy more than being out here competing with Wake Forest, competing for my team, and, you know, that's why I'm doing it. And you, you can tell he's just so amped for these team events. He loves this spotlight. He loves this type of pressure. I'm all in on seeing guys embrace these moments, and that is really what he did today. Another honorable mention to Hunter Tubert, who's really good at three doubles. Just He beat Ashwin Lizan, who respectfully deserved to lose today. It's just the way he didn't have it. And so uh, credit to, to Tubert for playing so well. But all right, we'll leave that there. Uh, Chris, any, any last things you want to mention? Oh, I'm going to put you on the spot in case anyone makes it this far. Texas or, or uh, I was going to say Texas or Florida again. Uh, Texas or USC, who wins? I'm, I'm going to take Texas. All right, I'll take Florida. No, um, <laughs> I want to be different than you again. Sure. Well, well, let's, I mean, I, I, I'm almost hedging my bets, right? <laughs> USC was my preseason favorite, <laughs> and now I'm taking Texas. So uh, even if I lose, I'll say, well, see, USC was my preseason favorite. Loser buys the Twixes tomorrow. <laughs> I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the Trojans then. But we will wrap things up there. A reminder to you listeners, if you've missed anything from this ITA indoors, check out our website, CrackedRackets.com. We've got a ton of great video content on there. Check out our Instagram, Twitter accounts as well if you want more uh, instant sort of information. I know the live stream doesn't work on the far three courts, uh, two, four, and six, uh, for the stadium courts for these matches. So we are supplying videos all uh, weekend long. Chris does it at College Tennis Ranks. little plug for him, but he's also got some great videos up there. We, of course, are at Crack Rackets, at Great Shot Pod. But one last time, Chris, thank you so much, as always, for filling in the co-host spot. Super shout-out to our super producer, Daniel Westhoff, behind the camera, who just probably doesn't want to hear me speak again until maybe next Thursday. In fact, I don't know how he ever puts up with me. But I am your host, Alex Gruskin. I know it's not that format, but Chris, what do we say to our fans? Hey, great shot. (laughs) Perfect, and we will see you on semifinal Sunday. Take care, everyone.